Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Liz Beatty. Hey, Liz, how are you? Hi, Bant. Nice to see you. It's nice to see you as well. Now, Liz is an entrepreneur. She is the co-founder and the chief strategy officer of InAuto. InAuto is an amazing company that really reflects a lot of the things that Liz has been working on for a long time, and we'll get into that. But InAuto aims to bring clinical research to each and every patient, regardless of who they are and where they live. And we'll go through how they're achieving that mission in a second. But before we get there, Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Great. Happy to, Dan. So I've been working in clinical research for my entire career. I've been really focused on the patient and all the roles that I've taken and, and how new medicines are needed to help people um, with serious diseases and, and help improve their lives dramatically. So my career now at Anato is focused on that, as you said, with our mission, really helping people with access and inclusion to trials around the globe. And before that, I actually worked at Bristol-Myers Squibb, which is a pharmaceutical company where I actually ran the trials. I worked in clinical development. I ran um, trials at all different diseases, um, three of which actually made it to market. So really exciting wow. to be able to work on drugs that are now available for people around the world. Um, but other things that I did while I was there were really patient facing. So how do we improve awareness and education around clinical trials to people, which is something before COVID-19, a lot of people didn't even know about. Yeah. So um, I was one of the first people to help um, drive forward BMS Study Connect, which is a patient facing website for patients and caregivers to learn about research and, and get involved in this process. Um, and we were one of the first companies to put all sponsored trials on our website, not just the ones that come from our company. So it was really about doing the right things for patients and making sure they could find the information they needed as they explored trials and made these really difficult decisions for themselves personally. Yeah. Before BMS, I was actually out of sight. So I had the pleasure of working at Yale in the Multiple Sclerosis Research Center, where I got to work firsthand with patients who really needed new therapies to come to market to help them with their uh, disease journey and, and the outcomes that face patients with MS. So I really got to see firsthand the impact we can make for people's lives with new medicines and how important research is in helping to find those new medicines for the future. That's amazing. Liz, I think that you've seen the evolution of what clinical trials were and what they can be. And it sounds like you're bringing that to life within auto. So tell me more about what you guys are working on specifically. Yeah, so we're trying to reimagine how the doctors all over the world, so the researchers that are running the trials, collaborate with pharmaceutical companies. And to be honest with you, it really hasn't fundamentally changed in the decades that I've been in this industry. Um, a lot of the ways that doctors find research and get a part of trials has fundamentally been the same. Mm. So at Anato, we're trying to think about this in a whole new way. We've designed a two-sided marketplace for researchers on one side and pharmaceutical companies on the other side 
to really find the right trials for the researchers and their patients to make sure that they can improve access and inclusion for people where they live in their communities, which in turn then helps the pharmaceutical companies actually get the right data they need that represents the people who have this disease and also run their trials more efficiently because they can access many more patients uh, where they live than in the traditional model where you only went to major hospitals or academic centers to do research. That's amazing. So the two sides are the pharmaceutical companies and mm -hmm. the researchers, yep. correct? So the, doc okay. the doctors in their communities who actually run the clinical trials are the researchers who are really trying okay. to help because it's hard for them to get access to clinical trials. And in mm. turn, that trickles down to the patients then from an access perspective. Yeah, no, that's extremely important. And certainly something that I think perhaps, as you mentioned it up front, I would imagine most people had no idea what a clinical trial was <laughs> before COVID. Uh, yeah. We might be more familiar with the phrasing now, but tell me a little bit about where we are in this journey. You said that things hadn't really evolved a lot. I kind of feel like we are starting to make strides a little bit, but let me know where we are on the journey. I actually think we have seen willingness to change and try new innovative approaches since COVID-19. Mm. Uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic really forced companies to say, I can't do this in the traditional ways. How can I do things differently? And what we mm. saw was the great adoption of new technologies to uh, the clinical research ecosystem. This is really important that we keep this up now that um, we're seeing people traveling again and, and going back to work in the office and, and picking back up on um, things they did before the pandemic, it's important that we continue to provide options for patients, that these new technologies continue adopting, adopted in clinical research, and that we really change the ecosystem to make it easier for people to access clinical trials instead of expecting them to travel long distances or take a lot of time out of work and all those other barriers that existed before the pandemic. So I think yeah. you're right, Van. I think we have seen a willingness to move the needle and try new things. It's can we keep it up? And can we keep innovating in this area for the future that I would stress is really important for us to, to do and, and consider as we go forward. Now, it's interesting because I can hear the changes that are happening and have happened over the last couple of years. Certainly, you've been part of that change, Liz. I mean, Inato was born in 2019, so really right before the pandemic. And so maybe tell us a little bit about your personal entrepreneurial journey and how that's uh, perhaps offered you insights, maybe presented challenges or opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. So when Anato started, we actually had a different product that we were building that was focused on feasibility. So there's an early part in the process, the traditional model where we ask sites on whether or not a trial is a good fit for them and they fill out questionnaires. This is the feasibility process. And we were ingesting data and helping sponsors make more data-driven decisions around where they place their clinical trials. But at the end of the day, the sponsors, even with all the extra data, still picked the same centers that they always worked mm -hmm. with. There was security in going to the same people you've worked with in the past for your next trial, even if you knew that a third of those sites wouldn't perform well or didn't have the right patients uh, in the long run to help support right. the trial. So we actually, during COVID, 
um, by listening to the sites that we worked with and were supporting around the world, completely changed our model. And I think this is a really important part of our, our story is that the sites around the world really were the ones that told us there's something broken with the current model because uh, they would come to us as the intermediary and say, help me understand. I filled out the questionnaire. I really wanted this trial. I don't have a trial like this to offer my patients. And I have a bunch of patients who would benefit from having availability of this trial, but I didn't get the opportunity. So what could I do different? How could right. I position myself for the future in a new way? And it turns out there was a whole um, long tail of community centers around the world that were just not being leveraged in research today. So we built this new model um, that, we, that we are using now that really champions the capabilities, the access to patients, uh, the diversity of different right. subpopulations in the community of all these centers around the world so we can get them access. So we really learned through COVID um, that listening to the sites, being a partner for them along the way could unlock uh, a much bigger impact than um, what we were doing at the first place with feasibility with the sponsors. It's really interesting because especially in, I would say, situations where clinical trials would be necessary, there's so much kind of stress and anxiety and there's not a lot of time. People are trying to figure things out in kind of a tight, tight timeline. And it's interesting because I think what you just outlined is the pandemic offered an opportunity for people to almost be forced to consider new things. And that maybe opened up an opportunity, but I kind of can see now how in auto, not only as a marketplace, but in some ways becomes kind of like a trusted partner in a way, right? Interestingly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And for patients too. Mm. Um, you know, what I learned, even when I was running the efforts at Bristol Myers Squibb that were patient facing with BMS Study Connect, is it's a very significant decision for a person to make to join a clinical trial. And right. I saw this back in my days at Yale as well when I was directly talking with patients about clinical trials. So having a trust model that we can support the doctor and their care teams to being that trusted source of information for patients mm -hmm. is really critical for us. And this trust model extends then to the pharmaceutical companies so they work with us to build trust that these community centers can deliver for them. Yeah. So we're, we're building this loop um, where trust is really at the center of it so that patients get access to the right trials, the sites get access to the trials where they can support their patients, and the pharmaceutical companies get the results that they need to execute against their pipeline of, of new medicines. That's amazing. It's, Liz, it's, a, it's great stuff. I mean, it's funny when I talk about the future, because I feel like we've lived through 10 lifetimes in the last couple of years. But now that we're coming out of at least the most brutal part of the pandemic, and we've entered this lovely year of 2022, which is full of a whole new set of challenges for all mm -hmm. of us, what's on the horizon for in auto and your plans? Yeah, so we, we really think you know, access is the first step, but inclusion is where we want to build our model towards. So we're doing a lot of work with our doctors and, and researchers in the community to understand who exactly do they serve? 
Um, and how do we make sure that all subpopulations have access and are included in clinical trials? So diversity and equity and inclusion, I think really is the future of the work that we're spending a lot of time thinking about. Uh, mm -hmm. It won't be one researcher who has access to all of the different subpopulations. We're gonna have to change the way we think about um, distribution of sites around the globe into rural, urban, suburban communities to make sure that we can really be representative of all the populations that should be included in the data for, for okay. clinical trials and research globally. So I think this is a really important thing for the future that yeah. as the clinical trial community, we all have to come together and build an ecosystem where inclusion is the, is the measure of success, um, not just enrollment or access. It's so interesting that the discussion on DE&I, especially with clinical research, I chatted with a whole bunch of doctors during the pandemic and some that would serve primarily African-American communities, and they really struggled to get people to want to get vaccinated, you know, and, you know, to people that get vaccinated, it seems so obvious, but when you think of the history of you know, Tuskegee and, and all these types of things, it suddenly dawns that we have a real challenge on our hands to get communities to embrace and to be part of, you know, innovation and moving things forward that will benefit everybody. And so, I mean, obviously what you're doing, Liz, is really, really critical. Liz, if somebody wanted to learn more about what you and the InAuto team are up to, where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, you, get, you can definitely learn more uh, on our website, inauto.com. Um, about what we're doing. Uh, and then of course, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to have this conversation with anyone trying to move the needle in clinical trials from a innovation or DEI perspective. Um, so that's another great way of reaching out. Amazing. Well, Liz, thank you so much for being on Uncage today. We've been speaking with Liz Beatty. She is the co-founder and chief strategy officer of InAuto. And the company's mission is to bring clinical research to each and every patient, regardless of who they are and where they live. And we've been talking about the challenges that communities have in getting access to clinical trials and really where Inato is providing a marketplace that will open up that access and really build a much more holistic solution going forward. Liz, thank you so much for being on Uncaged and we look forward to having you back. Thanks, Ben. Cheers.